Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. Hey guys, before we get started on this next episode, and we've got a great one for you today, I want to let you know about our virtual automation workshop happening on April 23rd and 24th. With the gyms being closed as they are, take this opportunity to work on the systems of your business, and this is the best shot. You're going to be able to get it done with me April 23rd and 24th online. We're going to be working together to get it done, and head over to pfmarketingsolutions.com slash automation. Check it out there. And without further ado, here's the next episode. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I am your host, Tim Lyons, in studio with the Dean of Drive, Randy Angston. What's up, guy? Good morning and happy Friday. Happy Friday. That's right. It is Friday. See, we're losing track, <laughs> of the, losing track of the days. Hey, we got a special guest today. We wanted to bring in Adam Trank, the tank. He's an attorney, a partner at Rose Law Group here in Scottsdale, Arizona. He is going to talk to us today about the landlord lease agreements. He represents both the tenant and the landlords in a lot of situations. Whoever gives them the money first, I guess. And with all these changes going on, I wanted to bring in Adam, Randy actually brought it up, I wanted to bring Adam in to kind of help us navigate these uncharted waters with what's going on today in the community of what this COVID thing is all about and how we can help our gym owners kind of hopefully get out of this ahead. So welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks for having me, guys. Cool. So how long have you two known each other? Oh, good question. It's hard to put a start date on that relationship. <laughs> I don't know, five, six, yeah. seven years. Several there? years, yeah, for sure. It's been a, good, yeah. been a long run. Several years. Okay. So, Adam, uh, tell me about you a little bit, man. You uh, you ride horses, I hear. I do, yeah. I've been doing that uh, my entire life. I grew up in the great cowboy state of New Jersey, um, <laughs> where my grandfather was involved in the thoroughbred racing industry uh, before I was born. And so, my family uh, had me involved in horses from a young age, and I took to it and yeah. decided to make a life for myself out west when I graduated high school. There you go. And uh, that's actually, I met Randy in Cave Creek, where I think we both live now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. And did you guys, Randy just got two horses. I did. Did you get them from Adam? I did not get them from Adam, no. But uh, Adam recently picked up Billy Cook Saddles. So I went to him directly to to saddle the horses. So, right. so he yeah. uh, he equipped two, both of my horses with nice Billy See, Cook that's Saddles. that's a world I know nothing about, man. I know my daughter's doing riding lessons. She's all mm-hmm. into the horses, but I don't know, man. I've never owned a horse. That's crazy stuff. So, <laughs> so guys. Stick around. We'll uh, <laughs> yeah. give you the orientation. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, Adam, man, you've been um, already, you told us that uh, you've worked with a client. We won't mention names that you've already came, you basically negotiated on their behalf and got a smooth deal for the gym owner. Well, I hope so. These are unprecedented times. We don't necessarily know when we're going to hit the bottom of this thing. In other words, when is the economy going to stop tanking and things will start to stabilize and recover? Uh, but in that particular case, we got a three-month uh, moratorium on rent payments and an agreement that the lease would then be extended by three months. And then they waived some of the uh, common area maintenance charges and uh, agreed to reduce the base rent for the next 12 months once they restart payment. Now, that may turn out to be a smoking deal. If May, the economy is able to turn back on, it may be one of those things we have to go back and try and renegotiate if this goes on much longer. But 
Uh, in that particular instance, my client um, wanted to seize the moment. The governor of Arizona recently issued an executive order putting a moratorium on all commercial uh, evictions. Yes, and so uh, we wanted to get right in there, take advantage of that circumstance and try and see if we could negotiate a deal, at least I think to give this client some peace of mind in the interim. Well, that's awesome. Um, so a lot of unknowns right now. So most every gym in, in the U.S., I mean, even in Australia where we have listeners, Canada, they're closed, right? They're yeah. shut down. The U.K. So we need to really talk about like positioning right now because, you know, historically it's always been the tenant versus the landlord, you know, depending on your relationship. But it's always like who's got the upper hand, you know, like usually it's the, the landlord. They write the contracts, you sign to the agreement. And it's usually the tenant just shelling out cash. And one of the big things that I did, um, which I don't recommend anybody else do, is look at all the damn money you've spent with the landlord. No wonder why, <laughs> right, they're the landlord, right? So, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you can own your building, we do have some uh, gym owners that listen that own their own building, so this isn't going to pertain to them. But let's talk about positioning here for a second. In the current circumstances, I almost feel like the tables are turned a little bit where the tenants are a little bit more, they have more leverage in the deal, personally. It's, I don't know. What do that, you think? Yeah, I mean, that dynamic has been created by the circumstances in the sense that without the tenant, the landlord also starves. And so the landlord has to do whatever they can to help prop up the tenant's business during these uncertain times so that everybody can recover together mm -hmm. when the economy, you know, powers back on. Okay. So I, in the past, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to like paint the picture of these landlords are bad people, but you, you would hear the thing like the gym owner struggling and you know sorry guys you know we yeah, got a contract right? yeah we're, yeah. we're going to turn around and replace you anyway mm -hmm. and i think right now that's not going to be able to happen obviously the business can't even operate so it's not like you're easily replaceable anymore as the tenant so you know here in arizona they did this whole like what do you call it memoratorium what is it what yeah, did you say the governor of arizona doug ducey issued an executive order executive order. i think it was yeah. at the start of this week essentially saying that there will be no commercial evictions through may now that doesn't necessarily mean that tenants won't be liable for their rent through may that's obviously on a case-by-case -case basis and it's up to the landlords and the tenants to work that out but i believe what that does is two things number one it gives everybody a little bit of breathing room. Mm -hmm. And it also sets the stage for these contracts, these lease agreements to be revisited by the parties who are bound by them under these circumstances, right? I mean, nobody could have foreseen that the entire economy would shut down and that all gym owners would have to close their doors right. due to a mm -hmm. public health issue of this scale. And so, it, as you were stating before, historically, landlords would say, look, if you're not paying your rent, tough cookies and get out and mm -hmm. we'll replace you. Well, in this dynamic, that incentive isn't there because if we start seeing evictions of, of gyms or other small businesses in a mass scale, who's coming in to fill these spaces? So right. the landlords have to recognize that their tenants are their partners now. And I think that their, you know, their attitudes will adjust appropriately in order to make sure that everybody can survive this together. Yeah. And I know a lot of uh, like in, in our, we just changed the name, by the way, guys, from yeah. marketing, marketing talk group with fitness professionals <laughs> is now business talk group with fitness professionals, because that's really what it's turned into. Yeah. We're not talking marketing now. Now we're talking strategy and business, this kind of stuff. So a lot of the, a lot of the gyms that we've been working with have already kind of started the negotiation talking and we did here as well. Hey, let's talk to the landlord. Let's let's let them know about the situation and being closed. Obviously, they know now, but early on, we saw this coming. I I sent an email literally three weeks ago to my landlord, just saying, "Hey, heads up, we're gonna try to do everything we can here, but guess this may get worse." And mm -hmm. sure enough, it did. 
So a lot of the gyms have started kind of talking to their landlords. What do you recommend as far as like the steps to maybe get a deal like you that you did with your client? Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. So uh, there's several steps in this process and it can all happen rather quickly. And some of them you can do concurrent with each other. But the first thing that everybody needs to do is pull out their lease, right? Take out your lease agreement that defines your obligations and your rights with your landlord and the use of that space and read through it. Mm -hmm. What do you owe? When do you owe it? What are the remedies in the event of a default? Is there a force majeure clause? And do you have a cure period? You know, what are your notice requirements? And, you know, in some cases, you may not know who do you really need to communicate with? Is there a management company? Do you communicate with the landlord directly? I mean, let's fig let's figure out exactly who we should be dealing with. So all of that information should be in your lease if you've got a well-written lease. Once you have identified all of those deal points, if you will, the next thing would be to evaluate your own situation. What are you capable of? Sure. Because it doesn't do you any good to get in touch with your landlord if you don't know where you want to go, right? Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're really just wasting each other's time. And God knows we've got enough to deal with right now that we don't need <laughs> to be bothering our landlords or anybody for that matter, unless we have something substantive to say. So, you know, are you able to pay 50% of your rent? Are you able to pay 10% of your rent? Do you, what will be helpful to you? And again, we haven't hit the bottom of this, I don't think mm -hmm. yet. And so it is difficult to plan and predict, but if you are, if you have a pretty good hold on your own finances and you know, you know, what your business model has been historically and you see a path out of it for yourself, you should be able to model what your finances are going to look like and be able to predict what you can afford to pay your landlord. Right. Because it's not reasonable to say you're going to pay him nothing forever. Yeah. But, you you know, maybe in, as it was in this particular case, maybe it is reasonable to say I'm going to pay you nothing for a couple of months. And then when the economy ticks back on, as we hope it will 90 days from now will restart at such and such a level. Yeah. So that's step two. I didn't, you know, get a grasp on your that own, yep. uh, pick, you know, on your own personal finances or your business's finances. And then of course, step three would be to reach out and try and just have that dialogue. Um, depending on the type of center that you're in, like if you're in a big retail center and there are dozens of other tenants, you might be at the back of the list. If you're in a small center with three or four businesses and, you know, it's like a mom and pop type landlord situation, we're not dealing with a big corporate REIT or something mm -hmm. like that, you might get somebody's attention right away. Be patient. 
Uh, everybody's overwhelmed right now. The anxiety of this situation is affecting individuals, you know, across the spectrum. Some people are dealing with it well, others mm -hmm. are not. Everybody's overwhelmed. Kids are home from school, et cetera. So just be patient. Yeah. yeah okay. Give give somebody 24, 48 hours to respond and then follow up. Don't badger them because at least in my experience as a, as an attorney, when people start to um, hammer me with emails or phone calls and they don't give me time to respond to them, I just sort of deliberately put them at the back of the list because <laughs> it's rude, you know? Yeah. Sure, I mean, we've, we've all got something to deal with. So be patient, reach out. And then, um, you know, from a negotiating standpoint, uh, what I like to do is I like to listen first. You don't learn anything while you're talking. So you know where you want to go, mm -hmm. but you've gotten in touch with the landlord. Obviously, they're going to anticipate what the subject matter is. In other words, they know that you're calling to try and work out right. something on your, you know, rearrange your rent. Um, listen, because sure. they may be willing to give you way more than you anticipated or way more than you think you need. So just listen to what they have to say and then have a dialogue. Um, okay. And then- Depending on where it goes, and I would suspect, and maybe I'm being too optimistic, but I think almost 99% of these situations are going to resolve themselves short of some kind of litigation because it, that's not going to behoove anybody. Yeah. And the most important thing after that is to get whatever the terms of that arrangement are in writing so that if the economy should turn on quicker than we anticipate, the landlord doesn't change his mind about what he was willing right. to give to you. Good point. Good point. Real good point. Now, do you feel... You know, and we talked about it before. Do you think some, it's in the best interest of, of the gym owners to get a, an attorney like yourself to work on their behalf? Does that give them more leverage or is it like just, hey, let's work it out together? Well, when your only tool is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. I'm an attorney. So I would have to recommend that everybody go to pick up that tool out of their toolbox. Sure, sure. Um, and so I would say, yes, you should contact an attorney to help you evaluate these things. And in many cases, you know, you'll spend either several hundred to a couple thousand dollars to get this done and you could end up saving tens of thousands of dollars in rent and 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 the emotional relief that you'll get from having these things resolved quickly and done well and documented properly is probably priceless you just get kind of check that off the list and move on with the other things that the yeah. COVID-19 crisis is presenting you to know, you. So. And that brings up a good point too, because this is a situation where we're working with gym owners and one of the problems constantly is just the number of hats, right? So, you know, in the given time, Tim, you're dealing with a million different things happening. Mm -hmm. It might be nice to just hand this to somebody who this is your specialty, right? Peace of mind, they're on your team. You know that they're going to do whatever's in your power to make that agreement the best for your client. That's That's a perfect thing to offload Makes you know, sense. give it, give him the opportunity if you can. Well, we've got an expression in our family too that is, you know, let the plumber fix the sink, right? This guy's trained to do this job. Don't get underneath there and start messing around with, you know, <laughs> wrenches and whatever. You're going to end up yeah. making the leak worse. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, I think you're right, right? If As an entrepreneur, a business owner, gym owner, whatever your business is, you have so many things to deal with right now. You can check this off the list and free up some bandwidth so that you can deal with other things by having a professional come in and do it for you. And in this particular instance, I don't think it's cost effective. Like I said, I mean, a couple thousand dollars, you know, my hourly rate is high and it's $415 an hour. But we have associates at the firm who bill in the high twos who, who would be more than capable of doing the lease review and helping get me be prepared mm -hmm. for a 15 minute conversation with the landlord. And you will, you know, that's going to pay dividends, particularly yeah. if you're able to get like your common area maintenance charges either reduced or eliminated for a period of time, get that's your big, base yeah. rent reduced or, you know, foreborn for a period of time, um, you know, and then 
I also think that having an, an extension built into whatever your lease workout is, is good because everybody wants a chance to recover from this. Yeah. If you only have a year or two left on your lease, your opportunity to recover may be cut short, but you know, so now's a good time to think about that also. That's yeah. Good stuff. I, you know, and I would agree. I think like you mentioned, Randy, just hand that off peace of mind. You know, it's going to get done right. And by listening, right, you're probably going to get a lot more than if you just go ahead and try to do it yourself. With well, the landlord. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, got somebody who knows exactly what to say at the right. I mean, hell, anyone listening to this is is already Googling some of the terms you're, you're using. Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? What is forbearance? Siri, <laughs> yeah. what does forbearance mean? No, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's that's the seat that you're sitting in. And that's that's the person that you want in that seat as opposed to, you know, a gym owner who, no offense, guys, but sometimes all of us are like, well, I don't know how the hell to go address that. Like, sure. you know, we're great at what we do, but we don't always know. I think the big point, one of the big points and takeaways of what's going on right now is that you can't count on anybody else to help you in in like the government wise. Like if you, if you're kind of sitting on your, on your heels here and you're kind of waiting for this PPP to come in and maybe this EIDL might, might come in. I'm hearing this running, this money's running out. Like, well, just today, the conversation in our business group, like, have we seen a gym get funded yet? Not one. I have not seen a single gym. Right. Actually, yeah. So if you're not being yet. proactive, yep. like talking to the landlord, hire an attorney like Adam and, and going out and getting these deals done. So maybe when the government comes through, you might be still there. But if not, like you, you're really, you could be shooting yourself you're in the you're foot sitting big on time. Your hands. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. waiting for something to come along and save you. And I don't think that's going to happen. One of the things Adam said beforehand that I want to touch on too is your landlords want to work with you. You know, you mentioned this because of their situation as well. They're going to turn around and try and do the same things. Right. But if you want to get into that a little bit, who do they turn well, to for relief? I, I mean, I I don't know, pick a percentage, but a very high percentage of retail space or commercial space is going to be financed, right? The landlords are going to be having taken, pow- taken advantage of the power of leverage and their properties are financed. They don't own them out, right? And so they owe payments in one form or another to a bank, presumably, mm-hmm. or some sort of financial institution. I mean, historically, and I don't want to, I'm making predictions here and I probably shouldn't do that, but I don't think it's so far-fetched that the next round of government assistance that comes is going to be to the financial institutions in some form of a bailout. I mean, we saw in the last recession, in a a recession that was caused by the bank's own activity, there was a tremendous bailout. This is circumstances beyond their control. So that's coming. I think that the landlord's definitely feeling pressure in terms of making their debt service payments, but the... I cannot imagine a world where the financial institution is not willing to work with them also, because again, the alternative for them is a non-performing asset. So wouldn't they rather work it out than, you know, have to figure out down the road to foreclose on this piece of property that, you know, may ultimately be valueless, particularly if all the tenants have vacated. Yeah, right. right. So um, I think that, that that will come and it may be months from now. It could even be a year from now. Who knows? Just depending on when we do reach the bottom of this health crisis. And the economy is able to start to recover. But I think that's going to happen. And I and that's part of the conversation, part of the dialogue that I would have with the landlord is, mm-hmm. have you reached out to your bank? What are your debt service payments? Obviously, we don't want you to go into foreclosure as a consequence of working with us. Let's all work together. Yeah. Tell us what you need. And that's, again, why you listen at the first part of the conversation when you talk to the landlord, because they're going to tell you what they need, which is going to help you figure out how to get to yes. Perfect. And I'm makes- seeing a lot of that, too. It's, it's almost I – mean, this is obviously – completely new for all of us. You know, we've never seen forced closures of businesses by a government mandate, you know, and then a handout saying, hey, we're going to come help you, but with no timeline, right? So given the current situation, it's nice to know that 
your landlord want, is is probably on your side too. They sure. understand what you're going through and it's more of that community of, you know, feel like, hey, how can we get through this together? Same way we turn to our clients, right? We didn't ask our clients to just stop paying us and we don't want our clients to stop paying us, but we're going to have a conversation with our clients. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what can we do through this time so that I don't have to stop paying my employees, close our doors, and you know we're here in the future for you. <laughs> yeah. It's the same conversation. It's, it's a domino it's just, effect. It is. Sure. It starts at the client level. They can't come into the gym, work out, stop paying the gym. The gym's out of cash. Well, landlord, I owe yes. you money. How can we negotiate? Landlord, to the bank. How can we negotiate? It just goes all it's the a, way down. It's a trickle up effect. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> yeah, trickle up effect. Yeah. Good point. It is interesting. But I, I like the fact that just that dialogue, that open communication, hey, understand where you are in the situation. Don't assume that your landlord is going to be okay with a zero payment for you know a right. long time. Be realistic. I mean, I looked at my bills and things and you know, I know certain companies are reducing payments. I mean, some some companies just did it outright. Right. Insurance sure. companies are dropping premiums, things like that. And that's great. But to n- just assume that you don't have any responsibility in the, in the given time isn't the way to go about it. Yeah. And again, to reiterate, the executive order from in here in Arizona and every state's going to be different. So I would encourage you to research, you know, what's going on in your specific jurisdiction. But here in Arizona, that uh, moratorium on on evictions does not mean that you're not financially responsible Correct. for Good paying point. the rent. So you do have to be proactive because if you, it's an in, the moratorium is an incentive to work things out. It is not a freebie. So you have to know where you stand, and the only way to know where you stand is to be proactive. Absolutely right. And so some people are like, oh, freebie, I don't have to pay rent. And, <laughs> and it started with residential tenants, if I remember correctly. Like they couldn't, you yeah. couldn't evict residential tenants. Then the executive order was talking about commercial tenants. Talk to me a little bit about this force majeure clause and what that means. Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week Profit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. So a force majeure clause is essentially a clause that is present in many, many contracts, but not all contracts. And it says that it, due to circumstances beyond your control, an act of God, an act of war, an act of the government, a public health crisis, things of this nature, mm-hmm. uh, the contract may be terminated or the parties may be released from their obligations. They are not all the same. So a force majeure is like, it, you know, is a descriptive word for a type of a clause, but not every one of those clauses is written the same. So you have to know what's in your specific contract. And again, some contracts don't have them at all. In some jurisdictions, the absence of that clause does not mean that the law won't read force majeure into the contract if you were to have to go to court over it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be proactive and try and work it out with your landlord. So we're talking about this clause is specifically for this situation that we're in right now. I can guarantee you 100% of the the leases from this point on, we're going to have that in there. It's interesting. I did a deal in December. Well, you mentioned the Billy Cook thing. So I I bought a business and just for myself, it's the first time I'm taking a a stab at being an entrepreneur. And I went back and I revisited. I wrote the contract myself (laughs) and it did not have a force majeure clause in it. And it was 
one of those things where I was incentivized because of who I was dealing with to have a document that was short, sweet, and to the point. And so even though it was a rather complicated transaction, it was only a four-page contract. If it was one of those things where I was dealing with a very sophisticated party on the other side, and they were represented by an attorney, but the, they wanted something simple. If you're dealing with a sophisticated party on the other side and you're not going to hesitate to have a 16 or 20 page document or a 40 page document, depending on the transaction, you throw everything plus the kitchen sink in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the force majeure clause obviously makes the cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're cutting out a lot of this boilerplate stuff. And so not every document is going to have it. And, and some landlords just stylistically, because they like to keep business simple and because you know, our society has, you know, been going through a really easy period in our lives. I mean, yeah, we lived through 9-11 and we had the recession. These were, you know, these are real events and I don't mean to minimize them, but the foundation of our society and our lifestyle has not been disrupted in this way, at least not in my lifetime. No. No. And so, you know, it's not necessarily lawyers, but landlords and people who are drafting agreements for themselves certainly are leaving these things out has you know in, in recent history because why you it didn't occur to you that you needed yeah. to put these things in so <laughs> yeah moving well, forward and from a from a, a tenant's situation now stepping into an agreement moving forward yeah, they you, know kind of what to look for you're gonna that want situation. that yeah for sure as it's you don't want that you know i won't get into specifics with our lease here but we have it in there but then it kind of like the last line of it wipes it out it's like what's the point of having it and i'll show it to you after this it's like interesting I, so i read it and i was like in oh. <laughs> so, me signing it and i had an attorney reviewing it when we signed it we didn't really focus too much because that and eh, but again this, yeah you don't you don't assume that you're ever going to need something like that when we've never seen yeah. A right. government mandate force closure of business. And yeah. same with, bi- you know, business interruption insurance too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, very important. Yeah. But I, but it's highly possible, and I've reviewed a couple of policies specifically for that recently. They don't all cover this event. No. Because business interruption insurance is often tied to a physical loss. So like, you would be compensated for your business interruption in the event, say, that the building burns down. Yes. But not – and even for an act of God, say, where – you know, a tornado came through and tore the building down. Shit you would be here? You, well, no, but I'm <laughs> yeah, just no, saying I'm in sure. general, you would be compensated for that business interruption with your insurance policy. But because there's no other insurable loss to tie the business interruption to, it's very difficult to make that claim right now unless you have some other specific policy or rider that speaks to, you know, this type of issue. Pandemic. Right. Well, it, and in- who, who had that before? Nobody. And I bet you they're going to start to sell a lot of that insurance going it forward. It is going to be big. Day by day, things are changing too, because in the last 48 hours, we've seen a lot more chatter about the billing companies, you know, their willingness to work with gyms. If you're not providing continued service, if you're not, if your doors aren't open, all of these things, they're refusing to bill for on your behalf mm-hmm. because of the kickback or the pushback that they're getting and things like that. So if you don't have, a, let's say you're, uh, you're not a training business, but you're just a tr- traditional gym and you have no ability to serve anybody, that might be a different situation than a personal training gym that can still do some sort of business in the interim. Yeah. You know this, what I mean? This is a tough situation. It is. So to, to fill you in, so there's companies like ABC Financial and ASF, uh, and these are the companies that kind of work with like big global gyms and they do all the billing. So they maintain all the, and they have the software. So they do all the contracts and billing and guaranteed they're getting charged back after charge back after charge back they said by april 15th we're shutting off all billing to all so you can't even bill Collect. your clients mm-hmm. mind body is what we use and there's these other companies out there uh where we're still operating we're not considered closed and not in our heads we're still providing a service you saw it out there right and our clients are 
happily paying for it. So for those listening, we don't have clients in the gym. <laughs> right. Tim's trainer is doing a, a virtual workout. Virtual. And so I don't know where you go into the law here, but where is that? Where are the gym owners? Like their billing companies are saying, hey, we don't want to deal with these chargebacks that like they're having globally. We're going to cut your billing off too. Well, what your legal rights are and what you need to do to survive are probably two totally different things. Certainly, you have a service agreement with that, whatever that third-party billing entity mm -hmm. is. Again, similar to the lease situation, the first thing you need to do is go look at your contract. Yeah. What are your rights and obligations under the four corners of that agreement? In that specific instance, they've obviously made a company-wide decision to change their policy given these issues because they're overwhelmed by people trying to cancel you know, their mm -hmm. gym memberships or chargebacks or mm -hmm. what have you. So they just shut um, them off. But communication is going to be the most important because I guarantee you that they don't want to be shut down. They're doing this. They're taking this measure probably because they're short-staffed right now, right? Their people mm -hmm. are either staying home, working from home, what have you, uh, and they're being overwhelmed. Maybe it's one of those things where they need to implement some sort of a gateway between the customer who they're billing and themselves and have you be the intermediary to sort of vet whether or not charges can be processed. I think you need to be proactive and then you, pro again, Modify the contract because in my mind, if that's the way that they're the, their approach, you shouldn't be paying them what you were paying them before. Their percentage go. needs to change and get that in writing. <laughs> this is chaos, man. This it's, is chaos. Yeah. But yeah, so it, it falls back to the agreement, obviously. Read that and then open up the line of communication. So you, you work with clients here in Arizona. You say Kentucky. Where else? I'm also licensed to practice law in Kentucky. And then I have my uh, license to practice is pending in the state of Oklahoma and in the state of Colorado. So I'm not licensed there yet. I can't give legal advice in those jurisdictions. But I have done strategic consulting across the nation. I've been back and forth to New York a lot, uh, working with the aviation industry there historically. And not working as a lawyer, but doing, you know, just giving general business advice and strategy advice for how uh, those entities can accomplish whatever their objectives mm -hmm. are. And so I can't necessarily look at a contract and represent you in court and say California or any other state, I can't give you that legal advice. But if you've got business concerns, things you want to run by that aren't, you know, de dealing with the laws of that specific jurisdiction, I'd be happy to help. Okay. And to your point, you said this is chaos. And we had a team meeting with uh, yeah. with the partners at the firm, I think it was two weeks ago, sort of like a week after all this started to unfold. And my managing partner, Jordan Rose, she said that lawyers are built for chaos. So suit up and let's get out there and let's nice. help our clients survive this. And our objective is all of our clients should survive this. I mean, we might be battered, but you know we will emerge stronger over time. And that's the same thing that we want our clients, You know, we want them to feel that, be empowered by that. Good, bad, or indifferent. This is happening to everybody, right? Yeah. I mentioned I've got my own small business. We're shut down right now. Our mm -hmm. factory is closed. Um, my family's got some business interests that I've been working in and around for many years. They're shut down and closed. Everybody's feeling this. Big so time. you know the old misery loves company adage you know, <laughs> rings true. Uh, don't despair. You know, keep your head up and pay attention. The hardest part we were talking about that before we started the show is the uncertainty. It's difficult to plan to emerge from this because we don't know where the bottom is. But that also doesn't mean sit around and do nothing. Certainly take advantage of being at home with your families and doing the things that you love to do while you're at home. Try and find some enjoyment out of that. But be thinking ahead. Let your subconscious mind play out all the inevitabilities that this situation could bring to us and have have an idea in your mind of where you want to go if those mm -hmm. things should happen. 
Great, I love hey, it. great advice. Yeah, and that's it's right in line with the things that we all, we talk about consistently. You know, nobody should be sitting around waiting for somebody else to come along and save their ass. Yep. Like this is an opportunity to to progress. I mean, we have gym owners that are still growing and winning right now. It's just how you go about it. What, where, you know, what path are you going to take? What decisions do you need to make? You know, do you need to contact your landlord or an attorney? Do you need to talk to your billing? Aid? But don't sit around and just expect somebody to come right. in and that check yeah. to be funded. And all of a sudden, here we are three months from now and everything's normal because it's not going to be that way. Period. Right. 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 If all the businesses out there, I mean, there's still that are some like, like Costco's open and these sure. like, drugstores are open. The training business, like ours and the ones that we work with the clients, we're in a really good position because virtually we're still collecting, you know, and we did we did this poll in our group, said out of all the cancellations, well, how much money, like revenue are you retaining? And we just did, you know, 100%, 90, 80, 70, you know, on average, it was about 67%. We're still taking in, like, that was 67% of the revenue that they were making, they're making now. And so versus zero, versus yeah. zero, there's there's gyms that shut off billing completely. You don't have a way to service clients virtually. And so we're in a really good, like decent position. We're holding strong. Well, if you can, let's just use that figure. If you can retain 67% of your revenue stream and then attack your expenses like your rent and your insurance and some of the other things that you're going to have to deal with, and you're fortunate enough to get one of those PPP loans if you have people on payroll, you can absolutely emerge from this stronger. Oh, yes. yeah. So, you know, be proactive. And that is absolutely the position that most of our clients are in. And that's why we're feeling pretty good and coming out of to, this really good. You know, and, and there's always opportunity in chaos, right? You guys, obviously, there's a need. You know, right. your your position, what you're going to be doing is it's probably never been greater for those types of conversations. Yeah, no, we're very busy. And, um, you know, we're grateful to be in a position, A, where we're working, but B, our job is to help people. Yeah. And so- that's very gratifying and we and we love that. So just stay adaptable and you know if you need help, you need advice, you need, you need a professional to come in and help you evaluate what your options are, that's what we're there for, but it's also something that if you feel like it's not in the cards for you because you have cash flow constraints right now, take a deep breath, sit down, you get frustrated as you're reading something, the language is dense. I don't know, you're in the gym business. Do a couple push-ups, <laughs> take a few deep breaths, and then get back at it. Don't, you know, don't. <laughs> great advice, great advice. All right, so, so I'm going to go ahead and drop your email here. It's atrenk, T-R-E-N-K, at roselawgroup.com. We'll put that in. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Put in the show notes. Uh, is there a subject line you want them to use so they know they came from the show? Just put the name of the podcast and yeah, um, built to grow. Yeah. So put built to grow in the subject line. If you want to get a hold of Adam, if you got questions, if you need help, if you want him to maybe find somebody in your state that can help represent you, he's a very smart guy. He we've been talking about this. The fact that he's already worked with gyms locally here is is a great you know asset because he understands the business. I think you need to reach out to this guy. This is the probably one of the biggest things you just need to outsource and be done with for a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollars. They're going to negotiate on your behalf. That could be tens of thousands of dollars. It's a no-brainer, guys. And you check it off the list. And that's yeah. really like a mental thing here that I think you guys can benefit from. So what's uh, what else? You good? That's some whiskey? Whiskey. <laughs> whiskey and horses are next, huh? Uh, sounds good to me. We said we My were kind of Friday. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, good, Adam. Thanks for coming on the show. That Thank was you. a massive help. And, and I think the big takeaway here is take action. Reach out to Adam. You got his email address. Guys, this is unprecedented times. Just like Adam said, you can't sit on your hands. Like Randy said, take action. We can come out of this stronger. Be yeah. positive. Yeah. Do some push-ups too. All right, guys, <laughs> until next time, keep changing lives. We'll Thanks see for you the opportunity. Thanks guys. Bye. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. Now, do you have any questions that you'd like us to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? All you got to do is three simple things. Number one, head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and review. Number two, in that review, go ahead and leave us a question on anything you want us to answer. And number three, if you'd like us to give you a shout out, just go ahead and leave your handle right there in the review and we'll make sure to do that on the next episode. That's all. All you got to do then is then listen to hear your questions answered live, raw, and uncut. Join us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great. Bye.